So this is a list of miracles in the Old Testament. First off, we have Aaron's rod is turned into a serpent. Exodus 7, 10 through 12. So Moses and Aaron came to Pharaoh and did just as the Lord had commanded. Aaron threw down his staff before Pharaoh and his servants, and it became a serpent. Then Pharaoh called for the wise men, skilled in magic and omens, and the sorcerers, skilled in witchcraft. And they also, these magicians, soothsayer priests of Egypt, did the same with their secret arts and enchantments. For every man threw down his staff, and they turned into serpents. But Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs. The Ten Plagues Number 1. Water is turned into blood. In Exodus 7, 20-25, we read, So Moses and Aaron did as the Lord commanded. Aaron lifted up the staff and struck the waters in the Nile, in the sight of Pharaoh and in the sight of his servants. And all the water that was in the Nile was turned into blood. The fish in the Nile died, and the river became foul-smelling and the Egyptians could not drink its water. And there was blood throughout all the land of Egypt. But the magicians of Egypt did the same by their secret arts and enchantments. So Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he did not listen to Moses and Aaron, just as the Lord had said. Then Pharaoh turned and went into his house, and he did not take even this divine sign to heart. So all the Egyptians dug near the river for water to drink, because they could not drink the water of the Nile. Seven days passed after the Lord had struck the Nile. Number two, the frogs. Exodus 8, 5-14 says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Say to Aaron, Stretch out your hand with your staff over the rivers, over the streams and canals, over the pools among the reeds, and make frogs come up on the land of Egypt. So Aaron stretched out his hand with his staff over the waters of Egypt, and the frogs came up and covered the land of Egypt. But the magicians, soothsayers, priests, did the same thing with their secret arts and enchantments, and brought up more frogs on the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, Plead with the Lord that he may take away the frogs from me and my people, and I will let the people go, so that they may sacrifice to the Lord. And Moses said to Pharaoh, I am entirely at your service. When shall I plead with the Lord for you and your servants and your people, so that the frogs may leave you and your houses and remain only in the Nile? Then Pharaoh said, Tomorrow. Moses replied, May it be as you say, so that you may know, without any doubt, and acknowledge that there is no one like the Lord our God. The frogs will leave you and your houses, and leave your servants and your people. They will remain only in the Nile. So Moses and Aaron left Pharaoh, and Moses cried out to the Lord, as he had agreed to do, concerning the frogs which God had inflicted on Pharaoh. The Lord did as Moses asked, and the frogs died out of the houses, out of the courtyards and villages, and out of the fields. So they piled them up in heaps, and the land was detestable and stank.
Number three, lice. Exodus 8:16 through 18. Then the Lord said to Moses, Say to Aaron, Stretch out your staff and strike the dust of the ground, and it will become biting gnats, lice, throughout the land of Egypt. They did so. Aaron stretched out his hand with his staff and struck the dust of the earth, and there were biting gnats on man and animal. All the dust of the land became gnats through all the land of Egypt. The magicians, soothsayers, priests, tried by their secret arts and enchantments to create gnats, but they could not, and there were gnats on man and animal. Number four, flies. Exodus 8, 20 through 24. Now the Lord said to Moses, get up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh as he is coming out to the water of the Nile and say to him, thus says the Lord, let my people go so that they may serve me. For if you do not let my people go, hear this, I will send swarms of blood sucking insects on you and on your servants and on your people and into your houses and the houses of the Egyptians will be full of swarms of insects as well as the ground on which they stand. But on that day I will separate and set apart the land of Goshen, where my people are living, so that no swarms of insects will be there, so that you may know without any doubt and acknowledge that I, the Lord, am in the midst of the earth. I will put a division, distinction between my people and your people. By tomorrow this, this sign shall be in evidence. Then the Lord did so. And there came heavy and oppressive swarms of blood-sucking insects into the house of Pharaoh and his servants' houses in all the land of Egypt. The land was corrupted and ruined because of the great invasion of insects. Murian, Exodus 9, 3-6 Now hear this, the hand of the Lord will fall on your livestock, which are out in the field, on the horses, the donkeys, the camels, the herds and the flocks. A horrible plague shall come. But the Lord will make a distinction between the livestock of Israel and the livestock of Egypt, so that nothing that belongs to the Israelites will die. The Lord set a definite time, saying, Tomorrow the Lord will do this thing in the land. And the Lord did this thing the next day. And all kinds of the livestock of Egypt died, but of the livestock of the Israelites not one died. Number six, boils. Exodus 9, 8 through 11. Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Take handfuls of soot from the brick kiln and let Moses throw it toward the sky in the sight of Pharaoh. It will become fine dust over the entire land of Egypt, and it will become boils breaking out in sores on man and animal in all the land occupied by the Egyptians. So they took soot from the kiln and stood before Pharaoh and Moses threw it toward the sky and it became boils erupting in sores on man and animal. The magician soothsayers priests could not stand before Moses because of the boils for the boils were on the magicians as well as on all the Egyptians. Number seven, thunder and hail. Exodus 9, 22-26. Now the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand with your staff 
toward the sky, so that there may be hail in all the land of Egypt, on man and on animal and on all the vegetation of the field, throughout the land of Egypt. Moses stretched out his staff toward the sky, and the Lord sent thunder and hail and lightning, fireballs ran down to the earth and along the ground. And the Lord rained hail on the land of Egypt. So there was hail and lightning, fireballs flashing intermittently in the midst of the extremely heavy hail, such as had not been in all the land of Egypt since it became a nation. The hail struck down everything that was in the field throughout all the land of Egypt, both man and animal. The hail struck and beat down all the plants in the field and shattered every tree in the field. Only in the land of Goshen, where the children of Israel lived, was there no hail. Number 8. Locusts. Exodus 10, 12-19 Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the land of Egypt for the locusts, so they, so that they may come up on the land of Egypt and eat all the plants of the land and all that the hail has left. So Moses stretched out his staff over the land of Egypt, and the Lord brought an east wind on the land all that day and all that night. When it was morning, the east wind had brought the swarms of locusts. The locusts came up over all the land of Egypt and settled down in the whole territory, a very dreadful mass of them. Never before were there such locusts as these, nor will there ever be again. For they covered the visible surface of the land, so that the ground was darkened. And they ate every plant of the land, and all the fruit of the trees which the hail had left. There remained not a green thing on the trees, or the plants of the field, throughout all the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh hurried to call for Moses and Aaron. And he said, I have sinned against the Lord your God, and against you. Now therefore, please Forgive my sin only this once more, and pray and entreat the Lord your God, so that he will remove this plague of death from me. Moses left Pharaoh and entreated the Lord, so the Lord shifted the wind to a violent west wind, which lifted up the locusts and drove them into the Red Sea. Not one locust remained within the border of Egypt. Number 9. Darkness Darkness over the land Exodus 10, 21-23 Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand toward the sky, so that the darkness may come over the land of Egypt, a darkness which is so awful that it may be felt. So Moses stretched out his hand toward the sky, and for three days a thick darkness was all over the land of Egypt, no sun, no moon, no stars. The Egyptians could not see one another, nor did anyone leave this place for three days but all the Israelites had supernatural light in their dwellings. Number 10. The firstborn are slain. Exodus 12, 20 and 30. You shall not, you shall eat nothing leavened in all your dwellings. You shall eat unleavened bread. Verse 30. Pharaoh got up in the night, he and all his servants and all the Egyptians, and there was a great cry of heartache and sorrow in Egypt, for there was no house where there was not someone dead. The parting of the Red Sea, Exodus 14, 6, 21 through 31. So Pharaoh harnessed horses 
to his war chariots for battle and took his army with him. Verse 21. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord swept the sea back by a strong east wind all that night and turned the seabed into dry land, and the waters were divided. The Israelites went into the middle of the sea on dry land, and the waters formed a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. Then the Egyptians pursued them into the middle of the sea, even all Pharaoh's horses, his war chariots, and his charioteers. So it happened at the early morning watch before dawn that the Lord looked down on the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud and put them in a state of confusion. He made their chariot wheels hard to turn and the chariots difficult to drive. So the Egyptians said, Let us flee from Israel, for the Lord is fighting for them against the Egyptians. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea, so that the waters may come back over the Egyptians on their war chariots and their charioteers. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to its normal flow at sunrise. And the Egyptians retreated right into it, being met by the return water. So the Lord overthrew the Egyptians and tossed them into the midst of the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the charioteers and all the army of Pharaoh that had gone into the sea after them. Not even one of them survived. But the Israelites walked on dry land in the middle of the sea, and the waters formed a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. The Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the seashore. When Israel saw the greater power which the Lord had used against the Egyptians, they feared the Lord with reverence and awe-filled respect, and they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. This is part two of Miracles in the Old Testament. The Wilderness, Healing the Bitter Waters of Marah, Exodus 15, 23-25. Then they came to Marah, but they could not drink its waters, because they were bitter. Therefore it was named Marah, Bitter. The people grew discontented and grumbled at Moses, saying, What are we going to drink? Then he cried to the Lord for help, and the Lord showed him a tree, a branch of, which he threw into the waters, and the waters became sweet. There the Lord made a statute and an ordinance for them, and there he tested them. The Manna from Heaven, Exodus 16, 14 through 35. When the layer of dew evaporated on the surface of the wilderness, there was a fine flake-like thing, as fine as frost on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was, and Moses said to them, This is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Let every man gather as much of it as he needs. Take an omer for each person, according to the number of people each of you has in his, his tent. The Israelites did so, and some gathered much of it, and some only a little. When they measured it with an omer, he who had gathered a large amount had no excess, and he who had gathered little had no lack. Every man gathered according to his need, family size. 
Moses said, Let none of it be left overnight until the next morning. But they did not listen to Moses, and some left a supply of it until morning, and it bred worms and became foul and rotten. And Moses was angry with them. So they gathered it every morning, each as much as he needed, because when the sun was hot, it melted. Now on the sixth day they gathered twice as much bread, two omers for each person. And all the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses. He said to them, This is what the Lord has said. Tomorrow is a solemn rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake and boil what you will bake and boil today, and all that remains left over put aside for yourselves to keep until morning. They put it aside until morning, as Moses told them, and it did not become foul, nor was it wormy. Then Moses said, Eat that today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will be none in the field. Now on the seventh day some of the people went out to gather, but they found none. Then the Lord said to Moses, How long do you people refuse to keep my commandments and my instructions, laws? See, the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore he gives you the bread for two days in the sixth day. Let every man stay in his place. No man is to leave his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. The house of Israel called the bread manna. It was like coriander seed, white, and it tasted like flat pastry wafers made with honey. Then Moses said, This is the word which the Lord commands. Let an omer of it be kept throughout your generations, that they may see the bread with which I fed you in the wilderness when I brought you out of the land of Egypt. So Moses said to Aaron, Take a pot and put an omer of manna in it, and place it before the Lord to be kept throughout your generations. As the Lord commanded Moses, so Aaron eventually placed it in the presence of the testimony to be kept. The Israelites ate manna forty years until they reached an inhabited land. They ate the manna until they came to the border of the land of Canaan. Water from the rock at Rephidim, Exodus 17, 5-7 Then the Lord said to Moses, Pass before the people and take with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile, and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock at Horeb. There you shall strike the rock, and water will come out of it, so that the people may have something to drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He named the place where the miracle occurred, Massa, Test, Meribah, Contention, because of the quarreling of the sons of Israel, and because they tested the patience of the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? The Death of Nadab and Abihu, Leviticus 10, 1 and 2. Now Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took their respective ceremonial censers put fire in them, placed incense on it, and offered strange, unauthorized, unacceptable fire before the Lord, an act which he had not commanded them to do. Verse 2, And fire came out from the presence of the Lord, and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. The burning of the congregation at Tabera, Numbers 11, 1-3. Now the people became like those who complain and whine about their hardships, and the Lord heard it, and when the Lord heard it, his anger was kindled, and the fire of the Lord burned among them and devoured those in the outlying parts of the camp. 
So the people cried out to Moses, and when Moses prayed to the Lord, the fire died out. He named that place Tabera, the place of burning, because the fire of the Lord burned among them. The deaths of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram, Numbers 16, 31-35 As soon as Moses finished speaking all these words, the ground under them split open, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them and their households, and all the men who supported Korah with all their possessions. So they and all that belonged to them went down alive to Sheol, and the earth closed over them, and they perished from among the assembly. All Israel who were around them fled at their outcry, for they said, The earth may swallow us also. Fire also came forth from the Lord and consumed the two hundred and fifty men who were offering the incense. Aaron's rod that budded at Kadesh, number 17, 8. Now on the next day Moses went into the tent of the testimony, and the rod of Aaron of the tribe of Levi had sprouted, and put out buds and produced blossoms and yielded ripe almonds. Water from the rock at Meribah, Numbers 20, 7-11 And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take the rod, and you and your brother Aaron assemble the congregation and speak to the rock in front of them, so that it will pour out its water. In this way you shall bring water for them out of the rock and let the congregation and their livestock drink fresh water. So Moses took the rod from before the Lord, just as he had commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly before the rock. Moses said to them, Listen now, you rebels, must we bring you water out of this rock? Then Moses raised his hand in anger, and with his rod he struck the rock twice, instead of speaking to the rock, as the Lord had commanded. And the water poured out abundantly, and the congregation and their livestock drank fresh water. Lifting up the brazen serpent, Numbers 21, 8 and 9. Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent of bronze and set it on a pole, and everyone who is bitten will live when he looks at it. Verse 9. So Moses made a serpent of bronze and put it on the pole, and it happened that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he looked to the bronze serpent, he lived. The Parting of the Jordan River, Joshua 3, 14-17 So when the people set out from their tents to cross over the Jordan with the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant before the people, and when those who were carrying the Ark came up to the Jordan, and the feet of the priests carrying the Ark were submerged at the edge of the water, for the Jordan overflows all of its banks throughout the time of harvest, the waters which were flowing down from above stopped and rose up in one mass a great distance away at Adam, the city that is beside Zarethan. Those waters flowing downward toward the Sea of the Arabah, the Salt Sea, were completely cut off. So the people crossed the river opposite Jericho. And while all the people of Israel crossed over on dry ground, the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord served firm on the dry ground in the midst of the Jordan riverbed until all the nation had finished crossing over the Jordan. The Land of Canaan, Joshua, the Fall of Jericho, Joshua 6, 6 through 25. So Joshua the son of Nun called the priests and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and have seven priests carrying seven trumpets made of ram's horns ahead of the Ark of the Lord. He said to the people, Go forward. March around the city and let the armed men go ahead of the ark of the Lord. And it was so, 
that when Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets made of ram's horns went on before the Lord and blew the trumpets. Then the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord went behind them. The armed men went in front of the priests who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard came after the Ark, while the priests continued to blow the trumpets. But Joshua commanded the people, You shall not shout the battle cry, nor let your voice be heard, nor let a word come out of your mouth until the day I tell you to shout. Then you shall shout. So Joshua had the Ark of the Lord taken around the city on the first day, circling at once. Then they came back into the camp and spent the night in the camp. Verse 12. Then Joshua got up early in the morning on the second day, and the priests took up the Ark of the Lord, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets made of ram's horns, ahead of the ark of the Lord, went on continually blowing the trumpets, and the armed men went ahead of them, and the rear guard came after the ark of the Lord, while the priests continued to blow the trumpets. On the second day they marched around the city once, and returned to the camp. They did this for six days. Verse 15. Then on the seventh day they got up early at daybreak, and marched around the city in the same way seven times. Only on that day they marched around the city seven times. And the seventh time, when the priests had blown the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. The city and everything that is in it shall be under the ban that is designated to be destroyed as a form of tribute to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and all the people who are with her in her house shall be allowed to live, because she hid and protected the messenger scouts whom we sent. But as for you, keep yourselves away from the things under the ban, which are to be destroyed, so that you do not covet them and take some of the things under the ban for personal gain, and put the camp of Israel under the ban, doomed to destruction, and bring disaster upon it. All the silver and gold and articles of bronze and iron are wholly consecrated to the Lord. They shall go into the treasury of the Lord. So the people shouted the battle cry, and the priests blew the trumpets. When the people heard the sound of the trumpet, they raised a great shout, and the wall of Jericho fell down, so that the sons of Israel went up into the city, every man straight ahead, climbing over the rubble, and they overthrew the city. Then they utterly destroyed everything that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, and ox and sheep and donkey, with the edge of the sword. Verse 22. But Joshua said to the two men who had spied out the land, Go into the prostitute's house and bring the woman and all that she has out of there, as you have sworn to her. So the young men, the spies, went in and brought out Rahab and her father and her mother and her brothers and everything that she had. They also brought out all her relatives and allowed them to stay outside the camp of Israel at Gilgal during the time required for ceremonial cleansing. Then they completely burned the city and everything that was in it. They put only the silver and the gold and the articles of bronze and of iron into the treasury of the house tabernacle of the Lord. So Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute with her father's household and everything that she had, and she has lived among Israel to this day, because she hid the messenger scouts whom Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. The sun and the moon stand still, Joshua 10, 12-14. Then Joshua spoke to the Lord on the day when the Lord handed over the Amorites to the sons of Israel, and Joshua said in the sight of Israel, Sun, stand still at Gibeon, and moon in the valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still, and the moon stopped, until the nation of Israel took vengeance upon their enemies. 
Is it not written in the book of Jashar? So the sun stood still in the middle of the sky and was in no hurry to go down for about a whole day. There has not been a day like that before it or after it, when the Lord listened to, heeded the voice of a man, for the Lord was fighting for Israel. The Land of the Philistines Dagon fell and Philistines were cursed. 1 Samuel 5, 4-6 But when they got up early the next morning, behold, Dagon had again fallen on his face on the ground before the ark of the Lord, and his head and both palms of his hands were lying cut off on the threshold. Only the trunk portion of the idol of Dagon was left on him. This is the reason neither the priest of Dagon nor any who enter Dagon's house step on the threshold of Dagon in Ashdod to this day. Verse 6 Then the hand of the Lord was heavy on the people of Ashdod, and he caused them to be dumbfounded and struck them with tumors, both Ashdod and its territory. This is part three of Miracles of the Old Testament. The land of Israel, the kings, the death of Uzzah for touching the ark. 2 Samuel 6, 7. And the anger of the Lord burned against Uzzah, and God struck him there for his irreverence, and he died there by the ark of God. The withering of Jeroboam's hand. 1 Kings 13, 4. When the king heard the words which the man of God cried out against the altar in Bethel, Jeroboam put out his hand from the altar, saying, Seize him! And his hand which he had put out against him withered, so that he was unable to pull it back to himself. The Destruction of the Altar at Bethel 1 Kings 13, 5-6 The altar also was split apart, and the ashes were poured out from the altar in accordance with the sign which the man of God had given by the word of the Lord. The king answered and said to the man of God, Please entreat the favor of the Lord your God, and pray for me, that my hand may be restored to me. So the man of God entreated the Lord, and the king's hand was restored to him, and became as it was before. Uzziah is smitten with leprosy. Second Chronicles 26, 16-21 but when Uzziah became strong, he became so proud of himself and his accomplishments that he acted corruptly and he was unfaithful and sinned against the Lord his God. For he went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. Then Azariah the priest went in after him, and with him eighty priests of the Lord, men of courage. They opposed King Uzziah and said to him, It is not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord, but for the priests, the sons of Aaron, who had been consecrated to burn incense. Get out of the sanctuary, for you have been unfaithful and will have no honor from the Lord God. Then Uzziah, with a censer in his hand to burn incense, was enraged. And while he was enraged with the priests, leprosy broke out on his forehead before the priests in the house of the Lord, beside the incense altar. As Azariah the chief priest and all the priests looked toward him, behold, he was leprous on his forehead, and they hurried him out of there, and he also hurried to get out because the Lord had stricken him. King Uzziah 
was a leper to the day of his death. And being a leper, he lived in a separate house, for he was excluded from the house of the Lord. And his son Jotham took charge of the king's household, judging and governing the people of the land. The Land of Israel, Elijah Replenishing the oil and meal at Zarephath, 1 Kings 17, 14-16 For this is what the Lord God of Israel says, The bowl of flour shall not be exhausted, nor shall the jar of oil be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain again on the face of the earth. She went and did as Elijah said, and she and he and her household ate for many days. The bowl of flour was not exhausted, nor did the jar of oil become empty, in accordance with the word of the Lord, which he spoke through Elijah. Raising the Widow's Son at Zarephath, 1 Kings 17, 17-24 It happened after these things that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, became sick, and his illness was so severe that there was no breath left in him. So she said to Elijah, what problem is there between you and me, O man of God? Have you come to me to bring my sin to mind and to put my son to death? He said to her, Give me your son. Then he took him from her arms and carried him up to the upper room where he was living and laid him on his own bed. He called to the Lord and said, O Lord my God, have you brought further tragedy to the widow with whom I am staying by causing her son to die? Then he stretched out himself upon the child three times, and called to the Lord and said, O Lord my God, please let this, this child's life return to him. The Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the life of the child returned to him, and he revived. Elijah took the child and brought him down from the upper room into the lower part of the house, and gave him to his mother. And Elijah said, See, your son is alive. Then the woman said to Elijah, Now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is truth. The Sacrifice and Prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel, 1 Kings 18, 30-38 Then Elijah said to all the people, Come near to me. So all the people approached him, and he repaired and rebuilt the old altar of the Lord that had been torn down by Jezebel. Then Elijah took twelve stones in accordance with the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Israel shall be your name. So with the stones Elijah built an altar in the name of the Lord. He made a trench around the altar large enough to hold two measures of seed. Then he laid out the wood and cut the ox in pieces and laid it on the wood. And he said, Fill four pitchers with water and pour it on the burnt offering and the wood. And he said, Do it the second time. And they did it the second time. And he said, Do it the third time and they did it a third time. The water flowed around the altar, and he also filled the trench with water. Elijah's Prayer, verse 36. At the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet approached the altar and said, O Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, Jacob, let it be known today that you are God in Israel, and that I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord, answer me so that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you have turned their hearts back to you. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering, and the wood, and even the stones, and the dust. It also licked up the water in the trench. The Burning of the Captains 
and their hosts, 2 Kings 1, 10-12. Elijah replied to the captain of 50, So if I am a man of God, then let fire come down from heaven and consume you and your 50 fighting men. Then fire fell from heaven and consumed him and his 50. So King Haziah again sent to him another captain of 50 with his 50 fighting men. And he said to him, Men of God, thus says the king, Come down quickly. Elijah answered them, If I am a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume you and your fifty fighting men. And the fire of God came down from heaven and consumed him and his fifty. The Parting of the Jordan River, 2 Kings 2, 7 and 8. Fifty men of the sons of the prophets also went and stood opposite them to watch at a distance, and the two of them stood by the Jordan. Verse 8. And Elijah took his mantle coat and rolled it up and struck the waters, and they were divided this way and that, so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. The Land of Israel, Elisha. The Parting of the Jordan River, 2 Kings 2.14. He took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and struck the waters and said, Where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And when he took two had struck the waters, they divided this way and that, and Elisha crossed over. The Healing of the Waters of Jericho, 2 Kings 2, 21-22. Then Elijah went to the spring of water and threw the salt in it and said, Thus says the Lord, If I, I, not the salt, have purified and healed these waters, there shall no longer be death and barrenness because of it. So the waters have been purified to this day in accordance with the word spoken by Elisha. The Destruction of the Mocking Children at Bethel, 2 Kings 2.24 When he turned around and looked at them, he cursed them in the name of the Lord. Then two female bears came out of the woods and tore to pieces 42 of the boys. Water is supplied to the armies in Moab, 2 Kings 3.16-20 he said, Thus says the Lord, Make this valley, the Arabah, full of trenches. For thus says the Lord, You will not see wind or rain, yet that valley will be filled with water, so you and your cattle and your other animals may drink. This is but a simple thing in the sight of the Lord. He will also hand over the Moabites to you. You shall strike every fortified city and every choice principal city, and cut down every good tree, and stop up all sources of water and ruined every good piece of land with stones. It happened in the morning when the sacrifice was offered that suddenly water came miraculously from the area of Edom and the, count, and the country was filled with water. The Multiplication of the Widow's Oil, 2 Kings 4, 2-7 Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have of value in the house? She said, your maidservants has nothing in the house except a small jar of olive oil. Then he said, Go borrow containers from all your neighbors, empty containers, and not just a few. Then you shall go in and shut the door behind you and your sons, and pour out the oil you have into all these containers, and you shall set aside each one when it is full. So she left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They were bringing her the containers as she poured the oil. When the containers were all full, she said to her son, Bring me another container. And he said to her, 
there is not a one left. Then the oil stopped multiplying. Then she came and told the man of God. He said, go sell the oil and pay your debt and you and your sons can live on the rest. The Raising of the Shuamite's Son, 2 Kings 4, 32-37 When Elisha came into the house, the child was dead and lying on his bed. So he went in, shut the door behind the two of them, and prayed to the Lord. Then he went up and lay on the child and put his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his eyes, and his hands on his hands. And as he stretched himself out on him and held him, the boy's skin became warm. Then he returned and walked in the house once back and forth and went up again and stretched himself out on him and the boy sneezed seven times and he opened his eyes then Elijah called Gehazi and said call the Shuamite so he called her and when she came to him he said pick up your son she came and fell at his feet bowing herself to the ground in respect and gratitude then she picked up her son and left Curing the Deadly Pottage, 2 Kings 4, 38-41 Elisha came back to Gilgal during a famine in the land. The sons of the prophets were sitting before him, and he said to his servant, Put on the large pot and cook stew for the sons of the prophets. Then one of them went into the field to gather herbs, and found a wild vine, and gathered from it a lapful of wild gourds, and came and cut them up into the pot of stew, although they did not know what they were. So they served it for the men to eat. But as they ate the stew, they cried out, O man of God, there is death in the pot. And they could not eat it. But he said, Bring flour. And he threw it into the pot and said, Serve it for the people so that they may eat. Then there was nothing harmful in the pot. The feeding of the one hundred with twenty loaves. Second Kings 4, 42-44 now at another time a man from Baal Shalisha came and brought the man of God bread of the first fruits, twenty loaves of barley bread, and fresh ears of grain, in the husk, in his sack. And Elijah said, Give it to the people affected by the famine, so that they may eat. His servant said, How am I to set only this before a hundred hungry men? He said, Give it to the people, so that they may eat. For thus says the Lord, They shall eat and have some left. So he set it before them, and they ate, and left some, in accordance with the word of the Lord. Naaman the Syrian general is cured of leprosy. 2 Kings 5, 10-14 Elisha sent a messenger to him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh will be restored to you, and you will be clean. But Naaman was furious and went away and said, Indeed, I thought he would at least come out to see me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place of leprosy and heal the leper. Are not Abana and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus in Aram, better than all of the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. Then his servants approached and said to him, my father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more than when he has said to you, wash and be clean? So he went down and plunged himself into the Jordan seven times, just as the man of God had said, and his flesh was restored like that of a little child, and he was clean.
This is part four of Miracles of the Old Testament. Naaman's leprosy clings to Gehazi, 2 Kings 5, 20-27. When Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said, My master has spared this Naaman, the Aramean, Syrian, by not accepting from him what he brought. As the Lord lives, I will run after him and get something from him. So Gehazi pursued Naaman. When Naaman saw someone running after him, he got down from the chariot to meet him and said, Is all well? And he said, All is well. My master has sent me to say, Just now two young men of the sons of the prophets have come to me from the hill country of Ephraim. Please give them a talent of silver and two changes of clothes. Naaman said, Please take two talents. And he urged him to accept and tied up two talents of silver in two bags with two changes of clothes and gave them to the two of his servants and they carried them in front of Gehazi. When he came to the hill, he took them from their, la- their hand and put them in the house for keep- safekeeping. And he sent the men away and they left. Then he went in and stood before his master, Elisha. Elisha asked him, Where have you been, Gehazi? He said, Your servant went nowhere. Elisha said to him, Did my heart not go with you when the man turned from his chariot to meet you? Is it a proper time to accept money and clothing and olive orchards and vineyards and sheep and oxen and male and female servants? Therefore the leprosy of Naaman shall cling to you and to your descendants forever. So Gehazi departed from his presence, a leper as white as snow. The iron axe did float, 2 Kings 6, 5-7. But it happened that as one was cutting down a beam, the axe head fell into the water, and he cried out and said, Oh no, my master, it was borrowed, the man of God said, where did it fall? When he showed him the place, Elisha cut off a stick and threw it in there, and made the iron axe head float. He said, Pick it up for yourself. So he reached out with his hand and took it. The Syrian army was smitten. 2 Kings 6, 18-20 When the Arameans came down to him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, Please strike this people, nation, with blindness. And God struck them with blindness, in accordance with Elisha's request. Then Elisha said to the Arameans, This is not the way, nor is this the city. Follow me, and I will lead you to the man whom you are seeking. And he led them to Samaria. When they had come into Samaria, Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men, so that they may see. And the Lord opened their eyes, and they saw. Behold, they were in the midst of Samaria. The dead man was raised by touching Elisha's bones. 2 Kings 13.21 And it happened that as a man was being buried on an open buyer they saw a marauding band coming and they threw the man into Elisha's grave but when the body of the man was being let down and touched the bones of Elisha he revived and stood up on his feet the Mediterranean Sea Jonah Jonah is released from the great fish Jonah 2 1 through 10 Jonah's prayer then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the stomach of the fish and said I called out of my trouble and distress to the Lord 
and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried for help, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the deep heart of the seas, and the currents surrounded and engulfed me. All your breakers and billowing waves passed over me. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight. Nevertheless, I will look again towards your holy temple. The waters surrounded me to the point of death. The great deep engulfed me. Seaweed weed was wrapped around my head. I descended to the very roots of the mountains. The earth with its bars closed behind me, bolting me in forever. Yet you have brought up my life from the pit death, O Lord my God. When my soul was fainting within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you, into your holy temple. Those who regard and follow worthless idols turn away from their living source of mercy and loving kindness. But as for me, I will sacrifice to you with a voice of thanksgiving. I shall pay that which I have vowed. Salvation is from the Lord. So the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah up onto the dry land. The Land of Israel Isaiah, Destruction of Sennacherib's Army, 2 Kings 19.35 Then it came to pass that night that the angel of the Lord went forth and struck down 185,000 men in the camp of the Assyrians. When the survivors got up early in the morning, behold, all 185,000 of them were dead. The sundial returned 10 degrees, 2 Kings 20.9-11 Isaiah said, This will be the sign to you from the Lord, that he will do the things that he has spoken. Shall the shadow indicating the time of day go forward ten steps, or go backward ten steps? Hezekiah answered, It is easy for the shadow to go forward ten steps. No, but let the shadow turn backward ten steps. So Isaiah the prophet called out to the Lord, and he brought the shadow on the steps ten steps backward, by which it had gone down on the sundial of Ahaz. Babylon during the captivity of Judah. Three Jews in the fiery furnace. Daniel 3, 19-27. Daniel's friends protected. Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury, and his facial expression changed toward Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then he gave a command that the furnace was to be heated seven times hotter than usual. He commanded certain strong men in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abde- Abde- Abnego and to throw them into the furnace of blazing fire. Then these three men were tied up in their trousers, their coats, their turbans, and their other clothes and were thrown into the midst of the furnace of blazing fire. Because the king's command was urgent and the furnace was extremely hot, the flame of the fire killed the men who carried up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell into the midst of the furnace of blazing fire, still tied up. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king looked and was astounded, and he jumped up and said to his counselors, Did we not throw three men who were tied up into the midst of the fire? They replied to the king, Certainly, O king. He answered, Look, I see four men untied, walking around in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. 
Then Nebuchadnezzar approached the door of the blazing furnace and said, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the host, high God, come out of there, come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the midst of the fire. The satraps, the prefects, the governors, and the king's counselors gathered around them and saw that in regard to these men, the fire had no effect on their bodies. Their hair was not singed, their clothes were not scorched or damaged, even the smell of smoke was not on them. Daniel is delivered from the den of lions. Daniel 6, 16-23 Then the king gave a command, and Daniel was brought and thrown into the den of lions. The king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you constantly serve, rescue you himself. A stone was wrought and laid over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring, and with the signet ring of his nobles, so that nothing would be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night fasting, and no music or entertainment was brought before him, and he remained unable to sleep. Then the king arose at dawn, at the break of day, and hurried to the den of lions. When he had come near the den, he called out to Daniel with a troubled voice. The king said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you constantly serve, been able to rescue you from the lions? Then Daniel spoke to the king, O king, live forever. My God has sent his angel and has shut the mouths of the lions so that they have not hurt me, because I was found innocent before him. And also before you, O king, I have committed no crime. Then the king was greatly pleased and ordered that Daniel be taken out of the den. So Daniel was taken out of the den, and no injury whatever was found on him, because he believed in and relied on and trusted in his God. The Writing on the Wall, Daniel 5, 22-31 And you, his son, O Belshazzar, have not humbled your heart, mind, even though you knew all this, and you have exalted yourself against the Lord of heaven, and the vessels of his house have been brought before you. And you and your nobles, your wives, and your concubines have been drinking wine from them, and you have praised the gods of silver and gold, of bronze, iron, wood, and stone, which do not see or heal or understand. But the God who holds in his hand your breath of life and your ways you have not honored and glorified, but have dishonored and defiled. Then the hand was sent from the presence of the Most High God, and this inscription was written. This is the inscription that was written. Nain, Nain, Tekel, Afarsen, numbered, numbered, weighed, and divided. This is the interpretation of the message. Men, God has numbered the days of your kingdom and put an end to it. Tekel, you have been weighed on the scales of righteousness and found deficient. Pairs, your kingdom has been divided and given over to the Medes and Parisians. Then Belshazzar gave the command, and Daniel was clothed with purple, and a chain of gold was put around his neck, and a proclamation concerning him was issued, declaring that he now had authority as the third ruler in the kingdom. During that same night, Belshazzar, the last Chaldean king, was slain by troops of the invading army. So Darius the Mede received the kingdom. He was about the age of 62.